If your car ran out of gas, would you toss it aside? Or would you, I don't know, fill it up? This is how we view people so often. We view people as godless, as lacking, people we need to distance ourselves from, or people who are hopeless or don't have anything to offer. But how often do we look at them and say, hey, maybe we could fill those people up too. Maybe they have a whole lot more to offer. They've just never had anyone invest. This week, we're talking about a Bible story out of Matthew, the rich young ruler, and how so many times it's taught wrong, and that Jesus is more concerned with how we treat others than he even is with himself and how we treat divinity. The best way to draw closer to God is to look in the eyes of your fellow man. Let's get right to it. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the answers. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 93. And today we are talking about how people need people. And I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but really uh, I just want to dive into a couple of scriptures that I have been going over and how just during this holiday season, we just got through Thanksgiving here in the States and we're going into the Christmas season now uh, that... We really just need to realize how much we need people. And so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that. And I have a very interesting take on a parable that we've all heard so many times that I just kind of want to bring it to fruition here to just show, just kind of highlight a little bit. So before we get into that, a couple of quick things. You guys, if you have not joined in Nomads, we urge you to come and ask to be a part uh, especially going into this new year, people need community, and that is just something that I really want to focus on going into 2020 is just being there for each other. And so if you need that community, if you're lacking community or you just need somewhere where you can come and ask questions and be yourself, we urge you to come and join Nomads, a safe place for Christians to ask unsafe questions. Also, a couple other really quick things. If you uh, really want to, what's the right word for this? Not sport, but like if you want to represent some changes in your faith, uh, we recently dropped, uh, some products where that actually helps support us just a little bit as well. And I will put the links for those. We have t-shirts. We're going to have coffee mugs. We're adding stuff all through the new year, through the Christmas season, things like spiritual nomad shirts, uh, all kind of stuff like God over religion. There's some really interesting designs there that Elaine and I are working on in our free time. And so those are available over at our other website, cedartemple.com. And I'll drop a link for those uh, in the show notes below. And last but not least, if you have not done so so far, please go down there and leave us an honest review. That helps passerbys, passersby, passerbyers, pass, people coming by. People scrolling uh, by. Yes, yeah, scrolling by to know uh, just what this show is about and to help them have an outside perspective. So, Elaine, do we have anything else? Or are we ready to get into this? I think we're ready. All right, here it comes. 
Happy December, everybody. We're almost into Christmas already. It's officially that time where you can play Christmas music and nobody is judging you. Even though I've been doing that for months, so... But that's been in the privacy yes, of my it, own home. It's so socially now can, acceptable now. Right. It can be public, and I'm extremely happy about that. Guys, Christmas season is an interesting time of year. If you are in the United States, then we just went through Thanksgiving, which is our first big uh, of the three big family get-together holidays that happen throughout the end of the year, being Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. And uh, it's it's interesting because it's always a scary time. <laughs> it's scary because many of us, especially people listening to this podcast, uh, guys, we have interesting views on things. We have things we're questioning. We have beliefs that challenge the status quo. And that's a good thing. We talk about it all the time in this podcast. It's a great thing. It's good to have questions. It's good to have these things. But what do you do whenever you're sitting around a table and People start talking about religion. People start asking you questions. Do you default back to those old answers just to give them what they want to hear? What do you do? And we're really going to be diving into that next week, right, Elaine? That's yeah. something you really want to talk about next week. But I just want to kind of precursor this with something that's been on my heart lately. And I think it'll be a great tie-in to that next of just how to survive these family <laughs> gatherings. So we'll have some awesome tips for that. So stay tuned for next week's episode for that, where Elaine's going to be dropping some awesome tips on how to survive <laughs> dealing with uh, strange family beliefs and changing beliefs. But this week, we're talking about how to just love people, which is honestly the... I, it's a precursor precursor to that very thing, right? Like it's it's one of those things where Jesus teaches us to love people. And I want to just kind of take a second to read over some scripture, which I don't think I've done here on the show. I don't think I've read this yet. If I have, it's a good recap, but I'm pretty certain I've done it. I've done some videos on it. I've done a little bit of everything on it, but this is one that I really want to just do here on the podcast as well. And I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 19, uh, verses 16 till whenever I stop reading real quick. And just uh, real quick, guys, you've heard this before. It's the story of the quote-unquote rich young man, rich young ruler, whatever you want to call him. Uh, if you haven't heard this in church, then I don't think you've been in church as long as you claim you have. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, everyone, like this has been taught so many times in church. And I want to kind of take a second to talk about how it's been talked about. So, so many times it's been taught Oh, yeah, the rich young ruler, he loved his stuff more than Jesus. And God was like, yo, sell all your things and come follow me. And he ran away upset because he's like, oh, I have so many great possessions. I don't want to sell it all and come follow you. That's not what this story is about at all. I mean, okay, sure, like Jesus does say, come follow me. But I just want to highlight a little bit about what this story is really about to kick off this conversation. Chapter 19, verse 16 and into, I don't know, 20-ish. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is where we always stop reading. I'm going to read just a little bit 
further. It says, and Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at him, looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. And then it kind of just goes on and on and on and on from there, talking about the establishment of uh, heaven and kind of et cetera, et cetera. So we've already discussed, this is how this has normally been taught. Oh, you got to go get rid of all your stuff and follow God. You can't idolize your stuff more than God. Jesus. I was going to say, which isn't a bad message. And if that resonates with you, that's not a bad thing. That's just a perspective of that scripture. Right. And that is how we commonly teach it. Because we like our stuff, and that's like a good, like, I think we deal a lot with that, right? a good moral story. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Jesus is saying, okay? Uh, We've heard the whole, like, oh, rich man, I've, you know, needle camel business, like, whatever. But we haven't really heard what this is actually talking about. Jesus goes and mentions six of the Ten Commandments right here. He says, if you keep the commandments, which ones? You should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not steal, you should not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Six of the Ten Commandments. Then he says, I do all that. What else should I do? Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. He doesn't say, go sell everything you have and follow me. He says, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Jesus omits four of the Ten Commandments here. The four Ten Commandments he omits are, do not, uh, have no other gods before me, should not make for yourself an idol, uh, do not use the name of the Lord your God in vain, and remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Okay, we all know Jesus omitted that one quite a bit, but still. Four commandments he omits when talking to this rich young ruler. Why would Jesus omit the four pertaining to God? Because Jesus was more concerned about how this young man behaved towards people than he was about how he obeyed to himself. Am I saying like, oh, it's okay to like screw God, whatever. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you want to be a follower of Christ, before you can go and follow Jesus, you have to be willing to love his creation. You have to love those around you. And I feel like we in our society miss this so much because when we come to holidays, especially, it's everyone's wanting to shove their political agenda, wanting to shove their religious agenda, wanting to talk about the things that are ununifying instead of unifying. And Jesus is sitting here saying, hey, if you want to have riches in heaven, if you want to have the kingdom of heaven within you, go and love people. Don't do wrong to people. Go and spread the love of Christ to people. And Jesus Throughout the Bible, his main focus, and this is just epitomized right here, is on loving people. Elaine? Well, and I think a lot of times, like for the holidays, it can be a fun time of the year. It can be whenever families get together. It can also be a very like stressful and anxiety-inducing time of the year. And I think some of that is because, like Cody was saying, we talk a lot about things that are not unifying. We talk about politics and religion and all these things that we know is going to stir up negative emotion in other people. We purposely trap people into conversations with our loved ones that we already know how they believe. We just want to rouse them up and Mm kind of get into that. But then also you have the materialism side of things where you're obsessed with shopping 
In the States, we have Thanksgiving and we have Black Friday the day after, which apparently now, like recent in the most recent years, we've actually started Black we've actually started Black Friday on Thanksgiving, like during the day when people are cooking. Well, yeah, two p.m. I yeah. think is when it started this year around most of the stores here. And so, like on Thanksgiving, we idolize like our materials and stuff and it's like oh we have to have like we get in fights and there's like right. almost mobs in in these stores and fighting over tvs that you don't actually really need for the family members that you argue with all the time mm. like i i don't know there's just i don't know like i said the holidays can be a very fun and peaceful time of the year it's whenever you get to come together with your family but also whenever you get together with your family <laughs> it can kind of be negative. Well, and I think that just kind of ties into, and, and this isn't really on like consumerism and stuff. Mm -hmm. We've done stuff about that. Like you can go back. We have a few resources on consumerism and just our views of that and how to overcome certain things with that. But I think the biggest thing with this is like just looking at, oh, well, okay, we're doing a day of thankfulness, thankfulness for our families and everything. And we epitomize these ideals of, oh, I have to get this thing to satisfy my family for them to love me. And what Jesus was literally saying here is, hey, take all that idea, give it away, go show love, go show peace, go, you know, love your neighbor, go do these things, doing things rather than buying things like your money is meaningless. Go and use it to support others and give them uh, what they need and drop that. And that's how you can really begin to follow me properly. When you stop looking at it as like, oh, I have this stuff, and start looking at it as like, oh, I have something where I can help someone else. Well, it's kind of like how you have Black Friday or any time really leading up to Christmas and the holidays and stuff whenever you're shopping. It's so funny to me how we're like, ooh, the latest TV or the latest iPhone or whatever it is, whatever thing that you're currently into, and you walk right past the homeless people. You mm -hmm. walk right past the Salvation Army. You're like, no, I can't afford to drop money in the bucket, but I'm going to go like drop right. $100 on these things that I don't need. And to me, I don't know, there's just something weird about that. You pass the people in need. You pass the homeless shelters. You pass the... Um, the food banks and all of these places on your way to go buy materials when in actuality you could just be buying clothes for the homeless people or spending your time and money and resources elsewhere and and actually showing the people who need the love the most need to be shown the love of god the most and yes your family matters yes you need to show your family that you love them but sometimes it's better to band together as a family to go help a family in need well, and I just kind of want to, um, I want to poke at something real quick. I think that many times, and I, I'm as guilty as this as anyone, so I'm not preaching at anyone here. I'm talking to myself too. We have adopted this mentality that those people are less than us. And when I say this, you may not immediately have those thoughts of like, oh, they're less. Like that's probably like not the way you're thinking of it or even intentionally thinking of it, but you're thinking how many times have we passed someone on the street and not reached out a helping hand because we're just like, oh, they're probably buying alcohol with it or they're probably just a drug addict. They chose this life. And that's true. Many of them have chose that life when you want to, if you want to put it in those terms. But we don't think about what led to that. Mm -hmm. We don't think about as someone with an alcoholic mother, like who could have very easily ended up on the street had, you know, like the family not been there doing what they did for her. Like she would have been that person. 
But we don't look at the trauma, the childhood molestation, specifically from my mother's perspective, like what I know, like, you know, she was molested as a child. She grew up. She didn't really know who her real father was till much later in life when it came to find out it was someone else. Uh, she watched it on her mother having affairs numerous times. There was yelling matches. There was just a trauma and abuse and neglect all around her. And so she grew up. And then whenever her mother passed away, it triggered all of these emotions because that was the only like stability she had from her past that she just lost. And it snowballed. And there was all this stuff with like the guy who she thought had raised her was quite literally like with someone else at her mother's funeral. And like it just is all this crazy trauma that led her to becoming this now sure like i know many of us would argue well, that was her choice but also what happened to her isn't her choice and she didn't have the the ability to get out of that she didn't have the resources to get out of that and so many people uh are in that same boat there's so many people who are addicted to these things that are out on the streets and so many people who are just down on their luck and we view them as lesser than we group them kind of clump them all together and we say things like well yeah not all of them are bad not all of these people are bad, but really none of us know the story of how they got there. None of us know the story of why they started manipulating people for money on street corners. None of us know these things of why. And sure, there's enabling them. There's there's ways to enable people. None of us need to be enablers for homeless people. That's not what Jesus was teaching either. But there is such thing as helping people, helping places that are helping people, pouring in positive resources. And not every one of us are able to go out and take in homeless people off the street into our homes. But there are shelters and places in place to help people who know much more about it than like, I'm be honest, I don't know much about homeless ministry. It's not something that I have uh, ever been like heavily involved in outside of just a few little things. But there are places who know a lot about it and I can pour my resources into them. Moving on outside of just like homelessness and stuff like that. Uh, you go and you look at what about adopting a family for the holidays? You know, I'm not even talking like homeless. I'm talking just a family that's in need. Adopting them to help them with their Christmas. That's such a beautiful thing. I know a lot of people do it, but it's such a beautiful thing that's often overlooked. Uh, just the the general things that Jesus was saying to this man of like, yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your father and mother. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Like these are all common things. But it's really just about loving people. And this kind of goes to something I had said in a video on our TikTok account is being present is the best present you can possibly give. And I know that sounds corny and cliche and like cutesy, but it's the truth. Being present, giving time is so much more important than giving things. I think anyone can think of a story of either someone they know or something they've heard where someone grew up and just completely went the wrong direction because they had a parent or a loved one who may have given them everything in the world, but they were never present, literally, physically present with them. And that quality time is what makes people people. I mean, look at scientific studies of children who have been neglected, who didn't have that presence from people in their life. The whole adage, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, People have to be ingrained in society. You have to have that community. Community is something we talk about so much, but it's vital. And Jesus is going as far as like saying, I don't even care about the other four because you will never understand the love of God if you cannot first understand the love of your fellow human. And that is just one of the most powerful things to me. It shook my faith as I was reading through this, even recently, 
going, oh man, like God, Jesus loves me so much that he wants me to show other people that love. And he would prefer me spending my time doing that before I come out and follow him down this, you know, righteous path, air quotes there or whatever, then he would like, he prefers me to go out and love these people more than just like trekking off on that. And how many times do we neglect people along our way to try to impose ourselves as more righteous? How many times do we, we look at ourselves as, oh, well, we have this and this together. Like that person just needs Jesus. No, that person doesn't need Jesus. That person needs you. If they're never going to find Jesus, if they don't have you first, we can sit there and say all day long, that person's just lost. They need Jesus. They need this. They need, man, they just need to get to church. No, what they need is you to get off of your spiritual big old ASS and walk over there and help them, right? You're never going to ever, ever, ever be able to show the love of Christ if you're not willing to actually show the love of Christ. You're never going to be able to be the hands and feet of God if you're just like, I'll pray for you. Prayer, you know, faith without works is dead. And I completely believe this is the epitome of that phrase. I'm not saying you don't need faith, but I'm saying like, if you are not willing to go and love that person, and I don't mean love. Now, let me kind of go back and paraphrase this. You can interrupt me anytime. Don't, when I say you need to go love someone, I don't mean go and preach at them. I mean, go and love them. The love of God is big enough to speak through your actions and it is mysterious enough and it is inviting enough and it is warm and homely enough to whenever you start showing that love to invite someone in without you ever having to, do you know the Lord? Do you know God? That is the biggest turnoff. Now, sure, there's times to talk about faith. There's times to do that. But to walk up to someone's like, man, that person's really lost. Well, do you know God? Do you know the Lord? You know what he can do for you? Like, sure, that's fine and dandy, but I'm just going to be really honest here. We live in the in a world where most people, and I'm talking like first world countries, really like, you know, Western culture type here, but we live in a world where most people know of God. And especially here in the South, like everybody knows about the Bible and about God and about faith. They may not really understand it, but shoot, most of the people in churches don't really understand it either. That's why we have so much of the crap doctrine we have thrown around. And there's so many different divisions being tossed around and disagreements. The truth is, if you will just show someone Christ that's so much better. Like, yes, pray for them, but also work with them. Yes, pray for someone who needs uh, help, but also help the person out. Pray for someone who's dealing with depression and anxiety, but also go and just be there with them because being present is the best present of all. And the last thing I want to say before shutting up and letting Elaine talk for a second is don't feel like you need to throw some polarizing agenda. It's okay if people believe a little different than you. Even us, us on the outskirts of Christianity, if you want to call it, those of us who are fringe Christians, spiritual nomads, it's okay if people are still rooted in very traditional church. Guys, if you're listening and this is still you, you know, you're the ones sitting in the pew with a few questions, but you're comfortable in your church. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what bears fruit in you. And we need to get past these spiritual differences and realize we're all on the same plane. We're all worshiping the same God. I, I may read the Bible a little different than you do, but that doesn't mean we're different people. We're not fighting against each other. People are never your enemy. Let's just kind of imagine this for a second. 
What if we as the church, and I say we as the church, not some building, not anything like that. We are the church, right? What if for, uh, I don't know, crazy idea here, we stopped focusing on our spiritual journey as how can we get closer to God and started, started focusing on our spiritual journey as how we can draw closer to creation. How can we draw closer to our fellow man, a fellow woman, fellow child in Christ? Because here's the deal. We can find God anywhere. God is in the earth. God is in uh, literally everything. The trees, the sky, the stars. We can look anywhere and find inspiration for God's handiwork. But the only place we can see the essence of God breathed is in our fellow humans, in humanity. We understand people on that intimate level. God created us with that breath of life. And if you want to see God, start talking to his creation. We're made in his image. We are made and crafted after him. So the more we learn about each other, the more we can draw closer to God, the more we start to understand the different facets of who he is and how he loves us. I think it's so beautiful how God took his love and I, this is kind of spiritual, so you know, just bear with me. God took his love and hypothetically chopped it up into a bunch of pieces and sewed it into different types of relationships so we can experience him in unique and intimate ways, one-on-one -on -one with other people to grasp this full concept of who he is to us. I have a relationship with Elaine unlike any other relationship in my life. I love her more in this way than anyone else can. And then I have a relationship with my father, unlike any other relationship in my life. And I have a relationship with him that I love him in a way that no one else can. The same way with my father to Elaine or Elaine's parents to me. There are these specific ways of love. The same way it is with some of my absolute dearest friends, some of these new connections I'm making online with you guys. There are these connections being established which show love in a completely different way. And we have, of course, this one watered down version for love. The Greeks had a few versions, but that's just, there's millions of different types of love. And you love everyone in your life in a unique way. And you are sowing in, literally, you're imparting the love of Christ into those people on a very specific way, a very specific wavelength, a specific vibe, a specific whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use to describe it that is so particular that without you in the equation, they would be missing out on understanding the love of Christ in that way. Even in strained relationships, relationships like my mother and I had, relationships where you're dealing with someone who may not be showing that love back. You may be showing them the love of God in a way they are not experiencing. And whether you realize it or not, you are impacting that person's life. You are changing that person's life. Even if they go their whole life without that ever coming to fruition, you're still sowing that seed and giving them that choice to grab onto that aspect of God's love. And being that we are the creatures made with that divinity in us, we are that is literally what it means to be God-breathed, right? We have that seed in us. We are able to give it freely, unlike any other being on this planet. No one can experience God completely without the love of their fellow human. And I wonder how different, not only just the holidays, but any other time of the year, how 
things would look differently if we recognized every single day that God is around us. God is in each and every single person in our life and online and everywhere that we go, that that God is right there. I wonder how different and how much more love we would experience if we recognize that every single day. If we saw Jesus, if we looked for Jesus in every single person, every single situation, every conversation, and just being more aware of that, I feel like, again, not just the holidays, but every other day throughout the year, there'd be a lot more peace. There'd be a lot more reconciliation. There'd be a lot more forgiveness. Yeah, fruits of the spirit. And just recognize that and and just how strong that our communities would be linking arms with each other and, and pulling out each other's strengths, rather our weaknesses. And just kind of one other analogy here to kind of wrap all this together. If you have a car and it's running low on fuel, do you look at that car and say, you worthless, fuelless car? Or you worthless car with no gas? I'm going to discard you and cast you off. No, you look at it and say, man, I need to fill you up. Then why do we look at people that way? People, literally, the most divine creation on earth, the most important thing is life. And we look at these humans And we look at them and say, you godless things, I got to get away from you. I have got to distance myself from you guys. You're just godless. And we do it on both sides of the field. You do it, evangelicals do it to us, uh, deconstructionists or, uh, you know, whatever you want to call us, whatever fringe Christians is kind of the way I throw it. Uh, Spiritual nomads do it the other way too. We're just, we're all in the same boat because we always think we're right and those people are different. Uh, Or even looking at someone who maybe has committed heinous crimes. I'm not saying that you can't, like, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be punishment or consequence. There's always consequence. I'm not saying anything like that. Uh, I'm not saying to put yourself in positions where you can be victimized or anything like that. So please don't take that. But what I'm saying is if you look at someone else and you're going, man, if I go and put myself and subject myself to this person, like they're just godless. I've got to distance myself from them. I've got to be, because they're affecting my spiritual walk. For one, why are you letting them affect your spiritual walk? I know so many people are like, oh, well, what if you said a cuss word? Like you're influencing someone. Okay, yes, I get that some people are influenced by that. I'm saying like, yes, you should try to be, like that's biblical, try to not influence anyone negatively. But also realize you don't have to pick that up, right? You don't have to grab and draw on those things. But at the same time, you can emit the love of Christ to people. And if you see someone who is completely godless, completely out of you know, like everything that you would ever dream of. What did Jesus do with those people? He went and had freaking lunch with those people. He drew those people in. He said, hey, come walk with me. Like, you're the most hated of people. Like, think about this. Fishermen, what are they known for? They're known for being some pretty rough (laughs) folks. Jesus like, I want you. Yeah, Jesus like, I want y'all in my my posse. Jesus walks up to the tax collector like, hey, you're hated by everyone. You're a swindler. You literally manipulate people for their money because tax collectors weren't always the most honest people. He's like, come with me. I want you close to me. Literally the person that was going to kill him, right? And I know you've heard this one before. He's like, hey, come hang out with me because I don't even care. Jesus looked at people and saw them past their lack of God all the way to the core of that creation that was sown in them at the beginning of time. And literally, whenever we look at someone and say, oh, that person is godless, that person, I've got to pull away from them. That's like looking at your car and saying, you're worthless to me because you don't have gas. It's an easy fix. 
And the power is as simple as pulling the handle and filling it up. You are that handle. All you have to do is pour out the love of God. Sure, some people you have to distance yourself from. Sometimes praying for someone is literally all you can do because that is a dangerous, volatile situation for you. But the thing is, you'll recognize that within your spirit. You'll feel if if your prayer is enough. You'll 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 know in your core of hey, maybe I should reach out to this person physically, or hey, maybe I'm going to be the closest person spiritually to them right. where I'm praying for them afar, but you're still involved in the situation. You're interceding on their behalf. You're showing them love on their behalf, even if they don't even realize or recognize that things are changing within their spirit. Yeah. And then just kind of to wrap this all together with that, what are you putting out? Even if that person isn't someone you can be near, even if it's someone who's distant from you, someone you're just passing on the street, you don't actually have a relationship with. There is such thing is energy. There is such thing as prayer. You look at prayer, you can call it prayer, you can call it energy, you can call it good vibes. It doesn't matter what term you use for it. It's all the same idea. And whenever you look at that person and you send them the love of Christ, you emit the love of Christ on a spiritual level. It comes and finds them just as if you emit a curse out from them, you know, and that literally is going after them. You are targeting them with either positive or negative. And I understand we have been hurt. I understand things can rile us up, but what are we speaking? Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? The power of life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's a real thing. You know, the spirit is a powerful, powerful thing, and we can quite literally manifest in someone else, positive or negative. Now, that person sure has a choice on if they accept or deny that, but what do you want to be? Do you want to be the person filling up, or do you want to be the person turning away because they're empty? And I just want to say, like, from as a heart-to-heart to you guys, let's try. Let us, let's just try to not get so worked up on the little things and constantly just be the love of Christ and realize that if we want to draw closer to God, we have to draw closer to each other. We have to draw closer to our fellow human mankind here on this earth because that is the best way to see the embodiment of God here. That is the best representation we have of God here. Even in the most godless, there is that seed of divinity in them if we're just willing to nurture it a little bit. So guys, tell us what you think. Let us know what's on your heart. Head over to Nomads. If you're not a part, ask to be a part. If you're already in Nomads, great. We're going to be posting a a status about this this week, and we just want to have a conversation about how to draw closer to one another. Guys, if you haven't done so so far, go and leave that review. And just a quick shout out, I have a new episode of Itinerant coming out this week. I'm on a Christmas season kick right now, and I'll be talking about the Magi. Last week, we were talking about constellations and all that goodness. We've been kind of slowly pushing in deeper into the nativity story over at Itinerant. So grab, uh, if you're into biblical history, go down there and click that in the show notes and subscribe. Also, Elaine, this last week had a podcast come out on the prodigal daughter. Elaine, what were you talking about? Right now, I've been on a kick for goal setting and how to jumpstart your goals before 2020 ever approaches. So if you are a woman and you... Uh, need some positive, uh, I guess, just affirmations, 
some goal setting, some, all of that goodness tied in with some spirituality. The Prodigal Daughter is the place for you. You can also grab that in the show notes. And I'm super proud of Elaine and what she is doing. And she's had amazing feedback just in the last few weeks of her initial launch. Guys, let us know what you think. Drop us an email, mail at therecklesspursuit.com. We love getting your emails. And of course, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. We love you guys. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. soon.